Good evening, and welcome back to the Iran Report. Tonight's episode, Monologue 13, Raphael, and Monologue 14, Gabriel. Monologue 13, Raphael. Through Paul of Tarsus, many apostasies took root within genteel forms of Christianity, which echo through the centuries as materialistic and vacuous mimics of the mystical and spiritual Judaism of Jesus' Gospel. Paul of Tarsus, originally known as Saul, began as a persecutor of Christians. He was a devout Jew, a Pharisee, non-priests of Judaism who sought to live as priests according to Levitical-slash-priestly codes of conduct. On his way to persecute Christians, Saul was struck with a vision of blinding white light that blinded him. Thereafter, he became a devout Christian and brought the message of Jesus to the non-Jews, Gentiles. Most early Jewish Christian groups regarded Paul as a liar and rejected his teachings. The Spirit seems to indicate that Paul was unintentionally introducing the basis for future errors, and from Paul's teachings arose false versions of Christianity. It is true that the writings of Paul dominate the New Testament of the Bible. The Didache is a better source of what original Christianity was and should be. Gentile Christians were non-Jewish converts to the teachings of Christ. Yet the Christianity of Gentiles, namely Greeks and Romans, was not the same as the Christianity of the Jews. And there were countless conflicts, arguments, between the two groups in the first century, within the first hundred years after Jesus. In time, Catholicism, Roman Gentile Christianity, sought to hunt down and destroy all other forms of Christianity, including Jewish Christianity, and often persecuted Jews. The Spirit instructed me, think the best of Paul. There was no malice in Saul slash Paul of Tarsus, neither was the heresy his own, save that with a great increase in words, writings, teachings built on top of, and in addition to those of Jesus, interpretational errors increased, especially among those who lacked a Jewish understanding of what was being conveyed. The Jewish approach to Christianity was very much built on the foundations of the Jewish religion and was regarded not as a separate religion, but as the fulfillment of the promises of the Hebrew Scriptures. Jewish Christians identified as Jews, followers of the way. Acts 9, 2, and 19, 9, 23, 22, 4, 22, 14, 22, and had lived their entire lives in the Jewish customs and traditions. The Jewish worldview of that era. At that time, scriptures themselves document the tension between Paul's ministry and the Jerusalem church around matters of genteel conversion and circumcision. It cannot be denied that of the so-called super-apostles, Paul did not directly meet Jesus, although Spirit has revealed that he incidentally came into contact with the blood of Yeshua on the day of the crucifixion. The calling of Saul, an enemy of the Christians, was delivered by a direct vision, which none but Paul clearly witnessed. The original teachings of Yeshua 
a personification of Emmanuel, were rooted in the teachings of the Essenes of Qumran, and were the spiritualization, and one might even say a liberalization, of the Pharisaic and Sadducitic Judaism that was so popular in his time. The Pharisees and Sadducees are central characters in the four Gospels of the New Testament, Greek Testament and were frequently opposed and antagonistic towards Yeshua slash Jesus and his followers. Saul of Tarsus was originally a Pharisee and helped to hunt down Christians. We see reflections of these in modern times as those who forever preach rules and grindingly strict moral lifestyles, asceticism, while filled to overflowing with hatred and disdain of all who do not live up to their standard. Such ones have stumbled and discouraged more souls than they ever helped. These two groups also seem to have been political factions. The notion of life beyond the physical body, for instance, or of an afterlife at all, was rarely emphasized then or now. The first Christians were Jews who prayed, worshipped, and preached in the temple. They were based in Jerusalem kept the laws of Moses, and continued to offer sacrifice. They would daily baptize themselves, lived communally, and shared all things in common. Acts chapter 2 and 4. The original Christians were not communists or Marxists, but they were communalists. That is, they lived communally, sharing all the things that they had, so that the community could afford to focus on the work of spreading the word. They lived lives centered on prayer, worship, ritual bathing, shared meals, and preaching, and a great deal of their time was spent listening to the apostles teaching in the temple. In their practices, ecstatic and charismatic devotion, with communalism and the centricity of street ministry, they were set apart. As the message of Christ spread beyond the Jews, so the transformation began. And over time, the Jewish flavor and basis were ever more eroded. The form of Christianity the Roman Empire adopted was already very different from the original form, and in our modern times almost unrecognizable from the source. Yet, the adaptability of Christianity, its ability to absorb and overwrite local customs and traditions, enabled it to spread across the globe, and spiritually, astrally, subdue the religions and cults of the astral gods natural and vain alike. However, in adaptation, it has often became diluted and mutated into forms that were utterly mutilated and outright wrong. Michael inspired Judaism, and it can be said that Michael, in some sense, was the voice of the archangel within the man Jesus, as he previously worked through Moses and Elijah. Matthew 17, 1-8, Mark 9, 2-8, Luke 9, 28-36, 2 Peter 1, 16-18, John 1, 14. As Christianity evolved beyond Judaism and grew into a separate and distinct entity, the archangelic intelligence, Raphael, played an ever greater role in overseeing the Gentile faith. Isaiah 6, 1-3, God has healed, Book of Enoch, Book of Tobit, Quran 6.73, John 5.2-4, 2 
Raphael is the archangel of genteel Christianity in this revealing, and one of the seven spirits within the Lamb. Revelation 5. Ever working to reform and rehabilitate Christianity into a force for positivity, transformation, and transcendence, the greater good, we see also the presence and activities of the spirit of divine wisdom, reaching out to humanity through Christian icons and images, frequently taking the form of Mother Mary. Proverbs 8:22 through 31, 1 Corinthians 2:12 through 14, Proverbs 3:13 through 19, Acts 2:3. In the present times, we see great and growing hatred within the hearts of humankind toward the Christian faith in all its forms, and the failings of its leaders over the centuries have given its enemies plenty of things to burn on the bonfires of the vanities who are themselves inspiring and directing the militant overthrow of the religion in hopes of regaining their former influence and power over the world. Their counter-crusade is not entirely without fruits, but Yeshua is a real being of immense power, active both within the astral plane and within the causal and spiritual realms. As the primary human face of Emmanuel, God with us, he cannot be defeated. The world will fall to waste and ruin in the effort, and the human puppets of the vain powers will themselves mourn their own success. Decreasing the Christ light in the world is the increase in evil in every form. Raphael has invested men and women throughout history to raise up soldiers for the holy paths to salvation and within Christianity is ever the voice of reform and originalism. For we who are drawn to these words, for whom these glyphs are now written upon the heart, Raphael is assigned the divine artist, the leader of the holy chorus, the writer of inspiration, the painter of sacred glorification. The archangel has become the guide to they that would make beautiful and transform humanity and its civilizations into a transcendent work of art, interwoven and in harmony with nature itself. Raphael corresponds to orange, bronze, and sunstone. Monologue 14, Gabriel. To counter the apostasy, a piece of Gabriel was invested into a human form, to dwell in amnesia as a man. His representation was seen seven times among humankind before coming to earth as Muhammad. Muhammad is utterly despised by Christians and Jews. Measuring him against the modern sensibilities of right and wrong, rather than viewing him through the lens of his time and culture. What he saw as right and wrong socially was normative to his people, though his descent against polytheism, the worship of the gods of nature and the world, set him apart. He encountered Gabriel, Jibril, in a cave, where he would regularly go to pray, and there the archangel strangled him until he agreed to do what was asked, recite. That is, go forth and speak the Quran to the people. He was hated and despised, as most monotheistic prophets are in their time, for the powers that be direct their puppets to oppose and resist the angelic messengers. It has been said to me, 
that Sufism is the highest and best form of the Islamic paths. Emmanuel, as Gabriel, sword arm of God, gave to humans a pure monotheism of principles for earthly life, the hope of eternal existence through submission to God's will, uniting the essential elements of Judaism with the basic gospel of Jesus. Halfway between the Jewish approach to monotheism and the Christian approach to monotheism is Arianism, and many of the Arian ideas and views are reflected in Islam. Arianism itself teaches that Jesus is subordinate to and created by God, not equal to God, the mediator and savior, not the deity. Ishmael became the line from which Muhammad rose, and to the descendants of Ishmael and Esau was given Gabriel's way to the one. He, Ishmael, will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him and he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Genesis 16.12 The biblical prophecy of the wild donkey is fulfilled in Islam as a check or counterbalance to the apostate forms of monotheism, and it is now the only religion of the one God that has the power to slow the advance of the great harlot, the rampant beast, and the great dragon. China is divided into seven regions, heads. President Xi is an Antichrist figure. Maoist communism is a far harsher and brutal form of communism. Its founder relished torture and committed mass murder. Under Xi, China has become a highly aggressive superpower, militaristic and oppressive toward both its people, its neighbors, and even towards animal kind. It has used agents to infiltrate many countries their educational, political, and economic systems, and has corrupted countless politicians and civic leaders, fomenting rebellion among native populations under various Marxist ideologies. As Marxism slash Maoism slash communism are all anti-religious, amoral, even nihilistic, and extremely oppressive forms of government, it should be a concern to all people of faith and spirituality. Moreover, the torture and murder of Christians and Muslims, as well as other religious minorities, should concern all those who seek the angelic paths of the soul. With traitors in many nations, it has conspired to impose its values and vision on the entire globe. Using the pandemic, viruses developed within its borders in cooperation with foreign agencies as a tool of political, economic, and social warfare and manipulation. The resulting mandates and control measures increasingly reflect Revelation 13, 15 through 16. Muslims, however, are divided and make war not only with all the invisible and fleshly rulers of the world and nature, but also with each other. Sunni, Shiite, Sufi, and many other factions vie for control of the heart and soul of Islam. There is a definite warlike spirit within Islam, and always has been. It rose in war, and was a nation building religion from the beginning. As an entity, it has demonstrated animosity towards Jews and Christians from its early history. 
seeking to conquer all rivals, religious or secular in nature. Zoroastrianism was driven into decline by its rise, and it checked much of the influence of the Roman Catholic Church on the world of antiquity, at least beyond the borders of Europe. They have tainted the teachings of Gabriel with additional laws and traditions of human invention, imperial translations and with the blood of innocence, staining their collective hands. By the spirits of perversion and destruction they have been corrupted and offer neither enlightenment nor ascendancy for humanity, but only stagnation and cruelly oppressive forms of governance. Many of the human sons of Gabriel have become sons of the beast by their worship of tyranny, and many of his daughters have turned to the ways of Babylon and champion Lilith's offerings to the ante. Lilith originates in Jewish and Mesopotamian lore. In apocryphal literature is the first wife of Adam who became the wife of Samael, Proverbs 2.18-19. In occult thought, she is associated with homosexuality and abortion. Abortion is the modern equivalent of child sacrifice, made on the altars of promiscuity and selfishness. Indeed, even the people of Gomorrah have dared to call themselves children of the way of holy submission. Islam, Judaism, and Christianity struggle with war upon each other, as each strives to subdue the other. They are like three brothers competing for their father's love and the same inheritance, which is offered to all who live in the truth and spirit of God with us. In their conflict with each other and within their own kingdoms, sect versus sect, all three are losing the battle for the hearts and minds of humanity, and sending ever more souls into the hands of Babylon, the beast, and the dragon, soul death. Secularism, democracy, communism, militarism makes war upon the spiritual sons of Abraham's legacy. Their cups overflow with the blood of the saints. Unto us, in the spirit and the congregation of this revealing, Gabriel appears not as the war arm, but as the messenger spirit and the mystic who receives deeper truths by the courage to delve into the mysteries, face one's demons, and quest for the grail of truth that both burns and enlightens. This archangel calls us to the search, the pilgrimage into the divine mystery, and teaches those who would walk in the might and power of divine potency the ways of the magi and the arts of the miraculous. Thirgy. Gabriel corresponds to purple, indigo, violet, amethyst, and silver, as well as the moon. That's it for tonight. Thank you very much for joining me. Please join me again next time. Until then, God bless you. Oh,